Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hey everyone, thanks for joining today. Today I'm going to do a solo episode about something that has been on my mind a lot lately and maybe is on your mind too, and that's maintenance. So I started intermittent fasting in late July or early August 2021, and I hit my goal weight of between 92 and 95 pounds, and I'm 4'11", remember. I hit that in December 2021 and have been maintaining that weight pretty easily since then. I try to keep it in a range. I'm not like set with one specific number on the scale. And I do weigh myself every day because I like to see trends. And I think it's just so much easier for me to correct a problem if I have been on top of it and I can actually see what's happening. But sometimes with maintenance, I've been finding that it's it's not always easy. And I want to just share a little bit about what's been going on with me because maybe you're experiencing something similar on your end. So over the last few months, I won't get into too much of it, but I've had a tough time. Life's been, you know, there have been some major life changes for me and intermittent fasting, I have been doing it, but it's been harder and it's been more in the background than at the forefront of my mind. So I've been a little bit more stressed lately. There have been some life changes and it's hasn't been an easy time. And I tend to be sort of an emotional eater. I always have been, so that's not new for me. Uh, but I haven't had so much trouble with that since I began intermittent fasting. So this experience of dealing, fighting hunger and cravings is sort of something new for me over this last you know few months let's call it so i at this point have started you know when i started to experience some of the stress in my life began to introduce some bad habits and at a certain point i had actually lost weight and i was below my goal range and i was like oh well i'm below my goal range so i can do a few things here and there and it's not going to matter so one of the things i was doing was eating, uh, you know, I usually close my eating window or my eating time between 12 and 2 o'clock. As soon as I finish lunch, I stop eating for the day. But as some bad habits crept in, I was thinking at 7 or 8 p.m., gosh, I'm hungry. And so I would get a piece of turkey out of the fridge and just eat that, something with very, very low carbs. And night after night I was doing that. Obviously, if you're eating turkey or something like that, that's not fasting. (laughs) So I was getting a piece of turkey out and then the next thing you know, it's a turkey and some cheese and then enough turkey and cheese to make a sandwich. And then I started noticing that 
the scale started creeping up. But I was, I felt like almost powerless to, to stop this. And then another really bad habit started creeping in, which I had under control for a very long time and just had recently gotten out of control. And that is chocolate. So I had cut out sugar for the most part for a pretty long time. And I was doing quite well with it. And then I started introducing a protein bar as like my quote unquote dessert. And it would be one of those low carb protein bars with like 10 grams of carbs or something, something with a minimal impact to blood sugar. So I was eating one of those for a very long time and having no trouble just sticking to one. And then I started adding another one. So then I was eating two per day. And then I found chocolate bars that have, that are made with stevia or the Lily's chocolate bars. And so I was eating two protein bars plus one of these chocolate bars and and eating the turkey at night. And it was just like things were spiraling out of control and I was gaining a lot of weight. My blood sugars were not doing well and I became very, very frustrated. And you know how it goes, like once you kind of fall off the wagon, sometimes it's hard to get back, back on track. So I, it was, it was difficult, but I just through willpower, sheer willpower, and just, I also didn't want to have to buy all new clothes because I was getting, gaining weight to an extent that my clothes were all starting to feel really tight. And I threw away all of my larger clothes when, when I lost all the weight originally, and I really don't want to go back to buying bigger clothes. Plus, I felt bad. My blood sugars were running much higher because, you know, when you gain weight, you have to recalibrate all your settings again. You can't just leave them alone. The diabetes actually, especially if you have type 1, it keeps you very honest. And you uh, you know, when you, when you gain weight, when you lose weight, you've got to always be tweaking the settings. So I think for a type 1 in particular, if you can manage what you eat and your weight in a pretty tight range, and I know it's easier said than done, and I'm explaining why it's not easy sometimes, but if you are able to keep those things in a fairly tight range, then you don't have to tweak as much. And uh, I also, as a woman, have hormones going on. I'm 42 years old, so there's constant issues with hormones, whether it's perimenopause or just other hormones going on which also impact blood sugar and insulin settings. So I was dealing with, with those two things simultaneously, the bad eating habits and then the hormones. And so I just, it became, it felt overwhelming to me. And so what I did is I just, through willpower, just stopped eating the turkey and cheese at night. I wasn't hungry for it. I don't, I think it was like out of, I was maybe I was a little bit hungry for it, but I think it was kind of out of emotional feelings, boredom that I was doing that in the first place. So I said I have to I have to just stop this. And so I stopped doing that. And then with the chocolate, the chocolate had become a major problem. And instead of just dialing it back and saying, well, I'm only going to eat one pro- go go back to one protein bar again, I realized I just don't have a lot of control when it comes to chocolate and sugar. So instead of trying to do things in moderation, I just stopped. So one day I said, that's it. I am not going to eat chocolate anymore and I'm not going to eat any sweets. Like that's it. I'm done with that. That was on March 6th that I stopped doing that.
and today is April 3rd when I'm recording this. So I haven't had any chocolate or sweets or anything. And and cutting out the the turkey at night and my weight has been much easier for me to maintain. My my insulin settings uh, have gone back down to normal. In fact, I had been prior to starting intermittent fasting, I was up to about 40 units of Fiasp insulin per day in my pump. And when I was introducing the turkey and the two protein bars and the chocolate bar, and I was just out of control, just eating a lot, my insulin needs went almost back to that 40 units per day. And I've been able to scale my insulin needs way back. I'm back to around anywhere from 17 to 20 units a day, depending on what I'm eating. And I just find that having cut the sugar, uh, the chocolate in particular, having cut that out, I just feel like I have a lot more control over what I eat because I think for me, the chocolate really stimulates hunger in me. And so now that that's off the table, I feel a lot better and in a lot more control. I think, uh, with going the cold turkey route with the the chocolate, it was hard. I'm not gonna say that it wasn't hard. It was, it was a challenge because I would say the first week or maybe even a little bit more than a week, all I would think about is chocolate, 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 and it finally diminished over time to where I wasn't thinking about it as much. But it it did it was difficult, and I reintroduced fruit back into my diet. I hadn't really been eating that much fruit because I was honestly getting so full from the chocolate before that I had stopped eating other things. And so I, you know, now will eat some berries. And I actually, when I was in the chocolate detox phase, I decided to just allow myself to eat as much strawberries and blueberries and whatever I wanted to eat in terms of fruit, just allow myself to eat that until I felt full because I didn't want to feel deprived. And I was eating a lot of fruit in the beginning when I gave up chocolate. Now I've gone back to a much more moderate amount of fruit. I also was eating a lot of yogurt and allowing myself to put nuts in that yogurt and just have as much of that as I wanted because I knew that I had to overcompensate a little bit otherwise I was just gonna it was gonna be too difficult so I did that in the beginning now I'm back into something that's definitely more moderate and with the sugar cravings gone I don't have that overwhelming desire to eat and I don't feel like I'm missing anything anymore so that was that was huge Um, the other thing that I wanted to update you guys about was uh, metformin so I had been taking, and if you listen back to my interview with Ginger Vieira, we talked about metformin and Ozempic and some other things that type 1s can use to help regain insulin sensitivity. And I had been using metformin pretty, you know, for a few months and I was doing pretty well on it. In fact, I started at 500 milligrams uh, per day and I titrated up to 1500 milligrams per day and I noticed much more improved insulin sensitivity. My dawn phenomenon had gone largely away. It also improved insulin sensitivity if, you know, I was doing something that was a little bit higher in intensity in terms of like a workout. And it just, it just, it smoothed out my insulin needs a lot. And I was doing well on it, 
But over time, I started noticing that it was really upsetting my stomach. And I just felt really bloated all the time. And just I just felt gross. And I, I wasn't necessarily hungry, but I was eating a lot. So between the feeling bloated and eating a lot, I just felt disgusting. And I decided to, first I titrated down because I thought, okay, maybe the 1500 milligrams is too much. So I slowly titrated down and I ended back up at 500 milligrams and those symptoms did not go away. And I just decided I'm going to, I'm going to stop. It was, it was very strange how the metformin kind of turned on me and it started making me feel just terrible. It was not only just the bloating, it was, I don't know if it's because the insulin sensitivity had improved, but it was making, I was maybe getting more lows and I was treating them more. And I just felt like I was eating a lot more food. And I think that actually in an odd way contributed to my weight gain. And maybe I didn't give it enough of a fair trial. Maybe I should have stayed longer at the 500 and wanted, like tried to see if my body could readjust to that lower dose before I gave up on it. But I guess at a certain point, I know how my body acts without the metformin. I've been doing this for so many years without the benefit of metformin that I just decided, let me just take this out of the equation because it's making me not feel good and it's making me very hungry in addition to all the other stresses I had going on in my life. I just wanted to take some factors out of the equation. And so stopping it, I would say it took about maybe a week before I started feeling kind of normal again, like the stomach bloating and things like that definitely lasted for more than a few days. So if you are in a situation where you're on metformin and you're, you stop it, I would definitely say titrate down and then just give yourself like a week to kind of get it out of your system. And once I got it out of my system and once I got the turkey and the chocolate and stuff under control, my weight became much easier to manage and my blood sugars became much easier to manage. And I know it sounds odd because the metformin definitely improves insulin sensitivity. So you'd think that it would become, it would make my diabetes easier to manage, but I think I just couldn't figure out quite how to use it properly. And it was making my life a little harder. So oddly enough, I'm glad to just go back to managing it the old way. And I think that that's important too. In fact, I was thinking I went to my endocrinologist recently and I was thinking about asking her for Ozempic because I know Ozempic improves insulin sensitivity even more than metformin. And I, and if you listen back to that interview with Ginger Vieira, she talks about that a bit. But then I was thinking to myself, I had kind of a bad experience on metformin and if Ozempic is even stronger than metformin, maybe I shouldn't even try that so or at least not right now i just need to let my body rest and get back to its normal baseline and just see how i do but anyway i just wanted to do this episode because i think it's important to normalize that maintenance is not always easy i kind of figured that once i got to my goal weight and i just kind of kept living my life that it would just stay there without very much effort from my part, but what I hadn't anticipated was emotional stress, uh, maybe stress coming from not knowing how a medication is acting in your body, just things, hormones, things that you don't really put into your mental calculations on how you're going to manage when you're in maintenance. 
And I just want to say that it's not a linear journey. I had gained at least five pounds over my, my goal weight when all this was going on. And I know five pounds doesn't sound like a lot, but I, my brain honestly went to thinking, well, if I'm just going to blow this whole thing up, I'm not going to be able to maintain. I'm going to end up back where I was, where are all those clothes that I gave away? Like, I just was thinking the worst, but I'm here to tell you that you can get back to where you were. And in fact, I am back to where I am and I have been for the last several weeks, but it's taken some willpower and it's just taken a lot of self-talk, a lot of self-compassion to get there and a little bit of, you know, some patience. So anyway, I just want to tell you guys that the maintenance journey is not always easy and it's not always linear. And I understand. And if you're in a place like this right now and you're contemplating just giving up on the whole thing, don't do that. Keep going. At least try to push through and see if you can get back to where you were because it's just, it's when I was gaining the weight and eating the turkey at night and eating all these protein bars and chocolate bars, like I just didn't feel good. I feel so much better and and so much more control of my blood sugar, of my weight, of my mental health when I'm in a steadier range and I am being very careful with what I put into my, my body. So I just wanted to let you guys know where I'm at right now and I hope this episode has been helpful to you and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. It's really a joy and a pleasure for me to make this podcast and bring it to you. So thanks again for listening. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.